is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Wednesday, May 13th, 2020, season 16, episode number nine. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the home edition of the SWBC Mortgage Studios. I got my uh, crew here with me, Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, and uh, we got some Cowboys talk for you guys. Uh, Hopefully everyone is doing well, and uh, let's jump right in. Last week, the NFL released the NFL schedule, including the Cowboys schedule, for the 2020 season. Uh, they are progressing as though we are going to play a full slate of games. Um, and so I'll open it up to you guys. Let's talk a little bit about what you think of the schedule. What stood out to you, good or bad, uh, about this this season's uh, schedule? Let's start with you, Nick. Well, I mean, I think what stood out is that it looked like a normal schedule. So I, I'll, I'll say that first. I mean, I thought that was encouraging to see. And uh, I don't know if we need to go into detail on that, but just it looked like the schedules we've seen in, in the past, other than the Giants being um, not in the first week or, you know, first two weeks of the season. But yeah, I just think, you know, it, it looks um, it looks like a schedule that, that is favorable to them as far as, you know, you should be able to get off to a good start. But we've, we've learned a long time ago that there's always going to be two or three teams that are surprising one way or the other. So what your schedule looks like, let me look at last year. What if you were to say the Cowboys would, you know, destroy the Rams, uh, but then have, you know, get destroyed by the Bills at home. So it never really looks like what you think it is. But as we stand right now, it looks favorable. Amber. Honestly, nothing that stood out to me aside from the fact that we're not playing the Giants the first game. But to me, you know, uh, with my time being here, I've learned that no team is ever the same every year. And a team that you may think, oh, they're going to be easy to play this year. Well, that might not be the case. You know, it might not depend on what the opposing team is doing. It could be the Cowboys hurting themselves. Although this year, you know, we don't really know what to expect since we do have a new coaching staff. But as far as the schedule and and tough teams or like, oh, are they going to start off easy? Or like some teams that maybe you don't necessarily need to win. You know, to me, you need to win every single game and you cannot take an opponent for granted or think like, oh, they're going to be easy to beat. That's not that's not the case. You know, you you need to always be prepared. Dave. I'm going to repeat what I wrote on the website last week when the schedule came out. And I agree. Obviously, I agree with what they just said. I mean, there's going to be a team that is surprisingly good on the schedule and there's going to be some surprisingly bad ones. But, uh, you know, without even worrying about what comes like two or three months into the season, it's it's just hard not to look at those first three games for a variety of reasons, because, again, we know things change from year to year. But the Rams, Falcons and Seahawks have been in the conversation among the NFC's better teams for, you know, for four or five years now. You know, the, the Falcons aren't that far removed from being in a Super Bowl. They've been 7-9 and nine the last two years, which puts them right in the mix of, of 
contending for the playoffs. The uh, the Rams obviously were just in a Super Bowl, and the Seahawks have made the playoffs like ten years in a row, or eight of the last nine, whatever it is. Um, you think back to last year, the Cowboys got in a lot of trouble because they lost those NFC games, and it became pretty obvious as early as like October that they were going to have to win the division to make the playoffs. Like they just didn't have the tiebreakers to be there as a wild card or anything like that. So. Those are three pretty big games against NFC teams that you could find yourself in a lot of trouble if, if you don't get out to a hot start. And, you know, if you look back at past schedules, you know, they open with the Giants and then there's a road trip to Washington. You get division games, a chance to get up on the division and against teams that aren't very good and haven't been. And I don't think that's the case this year. I think, uh, you know, they can't afford to start slowly this year. And the interesting part about that, Dave, is that two of those games are on the road. So you start your first two of three games on the road. You go to, to L.A. to open their new stadium against the Rams. Um, and then in week three, you're going at the Seattle Seahawks, which is not is probably one of the harder places in the whole NFL to play just because of crowd noise. Obviously, there are questions as to whether there will be a crowd there. Uh, but right. certainly those are those are not those are typically uh, or at least that's typically not a game that's a an easy road win for teams that's a tough place to go and play that all being said is there a particular part of the schedule and i and and i know we we're not talking about i'm not talking about so much about the teams and how good they will be versus not but i'm talking more about just the mechanics of the schedule home versus road cold weather is there anything about the schedule that you look at and you say this could be a trouble area for the cowboys i mean anytime you know you're going to play cold weather games uh, in December. I mean, they've got three of them. Uh, you know it's going to be cold in, in Cincinnati. Um, you know it's going to be cold in, in Baltimore and then and also against the Giants to end the season. So, you know, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Weather can neutralize the situation. Um, and if you can't throw the ball like you, like you want. So uh, who, who's to say what the Bengals will be like at the end of the season, uh, you know, this year or any of those years. But, but you know, if the weather – is is challenging um you know that that obviously could could be a problem there so i'm curious point. to see I, no go ahead i was Amber. just gonna say sorry i was just gonna say that i'm curious to see how mccarthy handles practices because with jason gary i mean there were times where i would imagine you, you go into a road game where the weather is going to be colder or maybe rainy they didn't necessarily practice outside all the time so I'm, I'm curious to see how McCarthy is going to handle that whether to just kind of have the team practice mostly outside to kind of although the temperatures are not necessarily the same at those places but it's still something that kind of prepares you for that weekend game Dave do you have something yeah, I don't I don't want to get into the maths of it because it's really annoying. You know, it's not it's not an unfair thing that the Cowboys have to play three games in 12 days because the vast majority of the teams in the NFL play three games in 12 days. Instead of going Sunday, Thursday, Thursday, most teams go Sunday, Sunday, Thursday. It still accounts for three games in 12 days again for the vast majority of the teams in the league. Having said that, it does suck for the Cowboys that they always have to do that stretch so late in the year. You know, some teams get that Thursday game out of the way in September and they don't have to worry about a wonky schedule again for the rest of the year. The Cowboys are always going to have to do that brutal stretch in late November. And I mean, and, and you chalk that up with a late bye week, 
this is going to be a tired team. Um, so to think that they've got to play a very talented Vikings team followed by Thanksgiving and then, oh, the reigning MVP right after that, I mean, that won't be easy. It's not unfair, but it's going to suck. No, I, How much do you I think pointed- that late bye week helps, though? Because that bye week happens two weeks before Thanksgiving. A little, actually, a little less than two weeks before Thanksgiving. How much does he think that, do you think that helps them right before they go into that, that tough stretch? Well, let's see how beat up they are because if they do play five preseason games, then they go nine straight to start the year. That's 14 consecutive weeks of playing football. And who knows what kind of off-season schedule, off-conditioning uh, schedule that, that you have. Um, it's obviously not going to be as much as they, they've had in the past. So that's a challenging, uh, you know, that's a challenging stretch of games right there to go 14 consecutive weeks of playing without a break. Um, and you've got some really tough teams in there. The Steelers, I don't care how good the Steelers are or bad they are, they're going to beat you up. So it's going to be uh, – that's going to be tough for, for this team. Yeah, it might work out that the bye works out in a perfect situation, but as it stands right now, that looks like a long period of time to be playing consecutive games. Yeah, I will, I will say this. I actually we, – we talked a little bit – you guys talked a little bit earlier about the cold weather games there in December. Um, I actually think that if you look at it, I actually think that might be an advantage for the Cowboys this year because their coach obviously spent a number of years coaching a team that played their home games in cold situations. Um, and so him preparing his team to be able to handle weather should be a good – he should be prepared to be able to do that. Now, of course, that's still an acclimating, an acclimation thing. They have to acclimate to the weather when they get there because that's not the kind of weather you typically have in Dallas, Fort Worth. But uh, I do think if there's a coach out there who's had that kind of experience, which – McCarthy has I think that should be a benefit for the Cowboys the next thing I'll ask you guys is right now Cowboys are favored in 11 of their 16 games give me an over under you you guys take the over or the under on them winning 11 games this season let's start with you Dave oh geez uh I would probably take the under today um I'm really excited about the offseason that they've had but on paper how much better do they look than last year when they were eight and eight? And I mean, you know, I, you know, the offense should be a lot better. I expect Dak to play better. I expect CD Lamb to help. All that good stuff. But eleven wins is a lot. Um, I I'd see them. I'd see nine or ten as a more realistic scenario. So I would probably go under on that. Amber. You know, people have been asking me that same question. And I honestly don't know how to feel. I don't know what to expect because I keep going back and forth, you know. And I remember I asked you guys a few months ago about, you know, how long does it take for a team to acclimate to a whole new coaching staff? And you guys basically said that it, it can go both ways, you know. It, it, can basi- it can happen basically instantly or it can maybe take a while. And, and that's the question here. I do think that, that having a new voice might bring up the spirits around the locker room and players like the defense trying to prove themselves and trying to go back to being uh, the hot boys and blah, blah, blah. You know, I think that hopefully they can go back to that and, and just have a different kind of spirit and play with more, more passion. Sorry, more passion. Because over on the offense side of the ball, you know, we saw great things from Kellen Moore. Clearly it wasn't really enough, but I, I, I'm excited to see what more can this offense do now with a new head coach. 
Nick. So if you if you ask me right now, I would say let's keep it at eleven. Let's not go over or under. Let's just say Push. eleven. All right, Nick. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go under that. I, I mean, it's hard to to say right now that if we've seen this team better or not uh, uh, because we haven't seen them at all. So um, and. You know, I, Dave said it, and, and I was having this conversation uh, a few days ago about on paper. You know how much I hate that term about on paper because what what's the paper? I mean, who wrote it? Who typed it? Is it the paper Derek shuffled around on his computer? I mean, what what's the paper? What does it say? And so I don't know. Like I, I there there you go. What does that tell you, Derek? I mean, I just I just think that. Um, you know you have to see it because because we were you know everyone wants to say this team's talented we'll find out if, if they're talented we'll we'll find out if don tari poe and, and gerald mccoy are first round pick players are they the players that struggled a little bit last year in carolina we'll see i mean it's just hard to tell i'm going to say under though until until we, we prove differently this is an eight and eight team right now uh from what we saw last year and i can't imagine that they're three games better but i mean just point this out if they would have scored 15 points they could have been three or four games better. That's how close it was in their losses, and you can't say it the other way on their wins. They were blowing out the teams. So that is somewhat of an encouraging sign. You can get a touchdown better, and you have a much better football team. At least that's what we saw last year. Oh, yeah. yeah not... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Derek. No, go ahead, Dave. Go, go Dave. I mean, that that's why we did this whole thing about, well, you never know who's going to be good and who's going to be bad because with the exception of, like, four teams who are clearly a lot better than everyone else and four teams that are clearly a lot worse like it's just a 24 team jumble and a few touchdowns yeah. and a few bounces of the ball is going to dictate the difference between like 10 and 6 and 8 and 8 it happens every year so and i mean like i think this team has the potential to win more than 11 games for sure like they absolutely could but you're asking for a lot of breaks to go your way to improve by you know four or five games from last year it just seems it seems like a lot to ask but when you look at how close they were last year though like it just talent wise and and the things that they were doing like the it's not that far away from no. you winning an extra four games well i mean yeah yeah but i completely agree like you're you're a handful away of plays away from winning two more games and making the playoffs that's still not 11 wins you know, I mean, even if a few things yeah. go your way, like you got to assume you're going to break even in a league with this much parity. I think. Yeah, and and I don't I don't think they've actually, you know, if you look at cornerback, they lost Byron Jones and all the guys that they put in there. I don't think that right now I can't see that they're going to be better at that that position. I don't think they're going to be better at center. I don't think they're going to be better at the defensive end position. Uh, losing Robert Quinn. Um, Randall Cobb versus CeeDee Lamb. I mean, yeah, CeeDee Lamb is probably going to be better at, at some point in his career. Um, I don't know about right right this second. So it's hard to say that they, you know, they're going to be better in these in these positions um, to be three games better. I, I just don't think we could say it right now. Yeah, I I'll, I will say this. I I'm a believer that, and I I will preface this by saying, and you guys know this. I'm probably one of the more optimistic people just in everything i tend to see the, the glass half full so for me it's not hard to convince myself that they can get to 11 wins or beyond this season but i will say this i've seen where new coaches sometimes in a team that has some talent it'll give them a little bump because there are wrinkles and different things that that coach brings in um, that it may not sustain itself over a second third fourth year 
But for that first year, you could sometimes see a, a nice little jump there um, in how a team performs. So I'm actually expecting that with some of the changes they've made, some of the new talent they've brought in, I expect that maybe they can get a little bit more out of this team than otherwise because of a new coaching staff and maybe some of the new things that they'll implement um, that uses the talent a little differently than the previous regime that may give them at least a little bump for this year. We'll see whether they could sustain that. Let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we're going to jump into a, a little bit of a game here. I have some questions for these guys about this team and about some of the players, and uh, we'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com back to the break welcome back to the break we're live from the virtual swbc mortgage studios it's in our homes but uh but we're talking cowboys football with you guys we appreciate you guys taking some time with us uh today to be able to talk a little bit with you uh in the third segment we are going to take some questions so if you happen to ask some questions you can always tweet them and uh, we'll try to get those questions i know amber's already accumulated some questions that we'll take but here in the second segment what i wanted to do is um i saw this actually on on twitter on twitter uh last week it was an interesting little set of questions uh that that people could just kind of fill in so i figured we'd take it to the show and uh, i'd ask you guys some of these questions i'm going to throw out a a a, a, um, basically a category and i want each of you guys to give me a player uh, that you think best uh, suits this category. All right, so we're going to start with something really simple. Best player on the team. Let's start with you, Amber. I think it's Zeke. To me, it's been Zeke for several years. What he does is amazing. The kind of beating he's taken over these few years and the fact that he's still running and healthy. And, and sometimes we've seen him have to carry the team, uh, obviously with the help of the O-line, but, but just 
the the weight his physical like what the power that he has in such a small body you look at him in person and he looks tiny sometimes and then you see him on the field he's like wow he has so much power in him um i think to me he would be the best player all right nick trying to be different and say like a zach martin but at the end of the day it, it is zeke and i agree with her i think zeke is the best player on the team for all the reasons she just said so um i just think he's the he's the engine that makes this team go uh yes tyron and, and zach help and those that offensive line but it's Zeke is, is the guy for me. Um, there's only two guys on this team who you could say right now have a very, very good shot to make the Hall of Fame. That's Tyron and Zach. Tyron, love him to death. The, obviously, the health problems have, have been a problem for him in the last couple of years. Meanwhile, Zach Martin's just been an All-Pro every moment that he's been in the NFL, literally from the beginning. He's never not been All-Pro He's, I mean, Zeke, Zeke and Tank and Tyron all are in the conversation, but I don't think anybody would argue, especially now that Marshall Yanda retired, Zach Martin is the best right guard in football. Um, so I think Zach. All right. Uh, most overrated or underperforming relative to expectations? Let's start with you, Nick. Wow. Um, wow. Um, Relative to expectations, I would say, man, I, I hate saying this, but it's got to be Demarcus Lawrence, um, and, and I just I say that just because of the contract, really. I mean, and, and what they paid for, they, they they needed him to be more of a difference maker on defense last year. Um, you know, I don't like to knock him. I think he helps this team in a lot of ways. Um, on and off the field in the locker room, I think he, he brings up the guys around him. But uh, but the, the, he's got to be better than what he was last year. He's got to be more disruptive uh, and, and a guy that you look at and say, "Where is number ninety? We've got to get him blocked at all points." And I'm not saying they don't do that because Quinn had a great year. We'll see this year, you know, what the other side looks like. But I just think from a contract standpoint, he's the guy. Maybe I'm missing somebody. Dave. I think it's got to be Jalen Smith, honestly. I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree completely with Nick, but I can turn on the All-22 and show you the impact that Demarcus Lawrence makes on the team outside of getting sacks. He's constantly double-teamed. He's great against the run. He crashes in. He definitely was part of the reason why Robert Quinn got so many favorable looks to get as many sacks as he did. And then I can and, – and, you know, I, I don't want to dog people either. Jalen had moments of good play last year, but I can also turn on plenty of games where the opposing offense is targeting him to have success. I mean, go watch the Bears game over again. It was plain as day. Um, and, you know, fan bases and media of the teams are typically trying to campaign for the players that they follow to make the Pro Bowl. You know, uh, you know Lyle Collins is a great example. A lot of people felt like Lyle got shafted last year. Meanwhile, Jalen Smith made the Pro Bowl, and like the reaction from Cowboys fans and media was like, he did? That happened? Uh, and you factor in the fact that he's, I mean, he himself is also on a big contract. Um, I just think there's, there's a lot of room for improvement from where he was at last year. Amber? 
You know, I'm so glad, Dave, that you said Jalen because that's the guy who I was thinking and then I was feeling bad. I was going through this battle in my head. I'm like, okay, I kind of feel bad because you look at where he came from, like how far he's come along from the injury that he had and to see him playing the way that he's playing now. But then at the same time, and it's something that it's hard for me to explain. I feel like he he tries too hard on the field. He it's just it's yep. not as clean it, I, don't, I really don't know how to describe it but it's just uh, no. not as clean he he hesitates sometimes just because he's trying too hard and, and and you want players obviously to try hard but with him it's like he needs to chill out take it back a notch let's refocus let's reanalyze what you're doing and i think that way he can improve his game and what he's doing on the field because sometimes he's just like like kind of all over it and but then doesn't get it done you know so i think i would say Jalen. and he tries too hard off the field and i think that's a problem as well so um yeah those are good those are good uh points there about Jalen. but i also think in the off season uh, something has happened where if we were to talk about this next year, I think we know who who the you know the person's going to be. It's going to be the target's going to be on Dak Prescott now because you don't really say that if you don't have a huge contract. But now he he's going to he at least has a big price tag over thirty million, um, you know, for for this year. So now he's in the equation as well. And if he doesn't perform at a, at a high level, I mean, he's going to be a target for this type of conversation as well. I th- honestly, I think you you could list him right now if you wanted to. And I'm the king of the Dak defenders, but, I mean, last season wasn't good enough for for the starting quarterback, and especially if you're asking for the type of money that he's asking for. I mean, right. he's going to get paid regardless. He's either going to play on the tag or get a deal that he likes. But for the amount of money that is being negotiated right now, last season was not good enough. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of shocked that you guys didn't mention a guy like Amari Cooper for the same reason. Uh, because Amari Cooper is a guy that Cowboys gave up a first-round pick for. They just paid a new contract. And there were way too many games last year when they needed him, and he just didn't show up for them. And so I think when you start talking about unmet expectations, I think Amari has to be in that conversation. Now, don't get me wrong. I think he is one of the better. I think you can also throw him in the category of guys that would get an honorable mention for best player on the team. Because when he's on... He's on, and he is a really, really good player. But there were just too many times where you needed him to step up and make a play for you last season where I just don't think he met the expectations that you had for a guy in that caliber. I am well aware that they struggled to score against the Saints, the Patriots, the Eagles. I think I'm forgetting somebody. I know that they had four or or five games where they struggled to score 20 points. I still pin the majority of their problems from last season on the defense. I, you know, and the bills are, are one of those teams. I think that this, when they played top 10 teams, I think they were like one in six last year. Um, they, they just, they don't play well against good defenses. I think their number one offensive ranking is very hollow because when it was time for, to score, they couldn't, and and we we talked about this before. So um, this goes on Dak as well, and and they didn't ever come back in games. They they never came back when they were down in the second half. They never came back to win a game. So uh, they they had some some issues on on offense as well. I mean both both sides of the ball. I think they were flashes of good play on both sides. Not a lot of flashes of good special teams play. And so when when it's just pretty good, pretty good, and bad, 
That leads you to about eight and eight. All right, let's move on. Best edition, Amber. Best edition. Hmm. Can be a draft pick or a free agent. Well, I mean, <laughs> I would have to go with C.D. Lamb just because, uh, obviously, the obvious talent that he's shown during his college career and the fact that the, the Cowboys were able to get him the way that they did, you know, uh, it was just a complete surprise. And when we were thinking about the wide receiver position, there were a lot of questions prior to the draft and you didn't necessarily know what was going to happen there, how you were going to reinforce the position. And to me, I still have my doubts about Amari Cooper. You know, I don't, I don't really know if it was his plane. He's obviously a skilled player, but I really don't know how much his foot injury was affecting him. I don't know how to feel about his foot injury. And just CeeDee Lamb is the guy that's going to be able to come in and make an immediate impact, I think. So I would say him. All right. Dave. Don't need to spend a lot of time on it. It's CD. Uh, you all know how I feel about him. And he's, yeah, I think he's, it's the only addition that right now is like a definitive upgrade over the guy that played the position last year. Like, you could say, ha-ha, Clinton Dix, we'll see how good he actually is. So, yeah, I think C.D. Lamb is, yeah, final answer, done. You think he's definitively better than Cobb at this point, where he is coming into the NFL? As always, we have to wait and see. I I mean, he, he might not be, but I think he will be. Let's put it that way. Okay. Nick? Uh, I'll say, I agree with both of y'all, but I'll say Greg Zerline uh, as well because I, I do think that he is a big upgrade for what they had to start last year. Uh, you can say Forbath did a nice job, uh, and he did. He didn't miss any kicks, but Forbath is Forbath. The bottom will drop out uh, for him. It, it just will. I mean, that's what his career is. He did a nice job of coming in, but and, and, and maybe Zerline will struggle as well, but one thing I do know is that your kickoffs are going to be much better. You're going to be able to pin people back to start uh, each drive. I think that was important. And so, it, and you know, just like Maher was a weapon with a strong leg, I think Zerline will give you that as well. So, um, I, CD, of course. And uh, where he is better than Cobb is a punt returner. He's a dynamic punt returner. He'll be a dynamic punt returner right now. So I think, I think that helps you. I've said it before. This is very similar to, to 10 years ago when Dez came in as the third receiver with Roy and Miles Austin. You have the same type of dynamic. He'll come in and he'll be a good receiver. He'll be a good punt returner. And eventually he will be the man. But he doesn't have to do everything right now. So I, I think CD is, is, is going to be a great addition. But don't forget Zerline. You know, I'll throw in Gerald McCoy because I, I really believe this this is the kind of signing that I've wanted the Cowboys to make for years. Go out and get that veteran guy who has a lengthy resume of production uh, that isn't yet so over the hill to where he can't bring you some of that. And whether he will be what he was in the first five years of his career or not, who knows. What I do know is he's still a productive player, and I think he's still, at this point in my opinion, I think he's substantially better than the previous guy that was there. I think he's better than Malik Collins. And so I think they upgraded the position. I think they got a guy that still has something left in the tank, a guy that has a lot of production. And I want to see where that goes. These are the kinds of veteran signings that I think the Cowboys should have been making. Not just the vets that are just, you know, longtime journeymen, 
but a legit guy that has been one of the better defensive tackles in the league for the better part of his career. And I think that can uh, pay big dividends for the Cowboys if you get him in the right situation. And, you know, like a CD is great. It'll help Dak be better. And that guy you guys were saying is, is very overrated, uh, Jalen Smith. If Dontari Poe and Gerald McCoy are as good as they, they're as advertised and as good as they have been, then Jalen Smith will be better. Leighton Vanderesh will be better because of the trickle-down effect of, of allowing them to go free up and play and make plays. So uh, you might get two upgrades within one if Gerald McCoy is as good as, as you say, Derek. All right, let's move on to our next question, next category. Could surprise. Let's start with you, Dave. Who could surprise? Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, actually, well, these, these tie in together. Um, so I'll say Tyler Biotish. Um, because I mean he's he's a day three pick. You don't you, you shouldn't expect too much. Uh, and you know he he took he the reason he fell obviously injuries and he just wasn't as dynamic after his injuries at Wisconsin. But the Cowboys say he's healthy and ready to go. This was a Remington Award winner. I believe he won it on either this season or two seasons ago. But I mean this is a highly talented and highly experienced guy. And it's conceivable that he could step in and surprise and push for playing time right away. I don't know that I expect it, but it's possible. All right, Nick. Blake Bell. Uh, I think he's going to help this team. Um, he's, he's a true blocking tight end, but he's also dynamic enough to you know, do some things with the ball in his hand. I think he's going to be a, an upgrade uh, a tight end. Now, obviously, Jarwin is going to be the starter. Um, he, he should be an upgrade uh, over Jason Witten. That's what the Cowboys are expecting, of course. But I think Blake Bell will be an upgrade over their backup tight end. And, and I'm interested to see how McCarthy is going to use these tight ends. It'll be different than what we've seen with Garrett. I think that he, he will be a significant signing uh, for this team. Amber. I don't know if this is if it would be much of a surprise because we did get to see a little spark from him last year during training camp, but I would go with Luke Gifford. I'm excited to see him healthy and see him just getting back at it and practicing. I've said this before, he has the perfect linebacker mold. He fit, he fits right along with Sean Lee, Jalen, uh, Layton even. So he has that perfect mold. We've seen him have some spark. He has the ability. It sucks that he his season was kind of messed up because of the injury that he had. But going getting healthy and getting back at it, I think uh, he might surprise us. I, I will tell you this. When I put this one down on paper, I had a very clear image in my mind of who this player was. And for me, it's Alden Smith. He is the definition of this category of could surprise because he's a guy that hasn't played in forever. Uh, he's had a lot of stuff he's had to battle off the field. Most people feel like it's probably impossible for a guy that hasn't played in as long as he hasn't played to come back and make an impact. Uh, but he does have skill. What we know is when he was playing in the NFL, he had a ton of skill. And, uh, and so maybe, just maybe, he can be the, the exception to the rule here uh, that if he still has that quick twitch and, uh, and, and actually can get back and, and play the way that he was, rekindle even some of that, uh, if you can put him in on some pass rush downs, he could surprise some people and really give you a boost uh, from a pass rush standpoint in an area where, in my opinion, that's a, that's a part of the team that I don't think they did as much to, to make better 
uh, this offseason where I think there are a lot of other areas where they did get better. I don't think they necessarily did at pass rush, but I think he is a guy that definitely could surprise some people uh, this season. Let's go on to the next category. Takes a leap. Who takes a leap? Let's start with Amber. Takes the leap. Oh. Hmm. I don't... You know... Um... I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I would go with maybe Xavier Woods. Maybe, maybe I, he can hopefully take a leap. And, and um, no, you know what? I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna go with Chidobe. Chidobe Awuzie. I think that he can take a leap and and get back to some of those good moments that we did see from him. Um, he does have the talent. I don't know what it was from these previous years. Last year that his playing game like his game was just going down and but but I I've seen it I've seen him have it I just I just think he he needs to do I don't know maybe with the new coaching staff he can improve and get better but him being on a contract year where this is his final year of in, on his contract I think he can definitely take a leap All right Nick Jalen Jelks, uh, we've talked about him a lot, but I, I just think somebody, one of those defensive ends is going to take a leap, and um, it could be him, it could be Joe Jackson, but I, I, I'm going to go with Jalen Jelks. I think he, he's going to, he's got the, the frame for it. I think that he's he's going to uh, have a different physique uh, than he had uh, last year. Um, I see him, uh, for him, a leap would be making the team. I don't know if that's a huge impact player, but I think he, he makes the leap and, and makes a, uh, a jump to the roster this year. Dave. Rain, Dakota, Prescott. Uh, I mean, obviously, I know he's already a good player, but for the amount of arguing, you know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of consensus about where to stack this guy in the hierarchy of NFL quarterbacks. And one way or another, I don't think that'll be a problem when this season's over, you know, if it happens the way it's supposed to happen. Um, Between having another year of Kellen Moore, adding an offensive-minded coach in Mike McCarthy, getting a top 20 pick uh, added to your offense, um, and then factor it, you know, Dak thrives under pressure. We've called him a gamer forever. Well, he's either going to have a big contract to live up to or he's going to be playing on a tag for a big contract. Either way, uh, the pressure's on. So go prove it, and I think he will. And I think by the time he's done playing next season, a lot more people will agree that he's a top five, six quarterback in the NFL. You know, right now, Dave, they, they, they came out with, you know, the odds of winning the MVP. I believe he was the third highest, uh, third, you know, best odds um, to, to win it at like eight to one or something like that, which is surprising to me. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that Vegas is thinking that, that he's going to have a, a big year to be in the running for MVP. I think that, I agree that's surprising with you. to me. I agree with you, but I think you got to remember the the size of the Cowboys fan base skews a lot of that stuff because there's so many, and you know, if if he's got bad odds, then a boatload of Cowboys fans are going to bet on him, and you know they stand to take Vegas for a lot of money. So I think the size of the Cowboys fan base skews a lot of those prop bets, but I do think it's interesting that they think that highly of him before the season. Yeah, but, you know, that doesn't shock me because when you think about it again, we mentioned it the earlier part of the show, Cowboys are favored in 11 of their 16 games at this point. 
you add in the fact that this is an offense that with the addition of C.D. Lamb, a lot of people think is going to be one of the better, if not the best offense in the league. So if you got a quarterback who is leading the best or one of the best offenses in the league and you got a team that can win 11 games, he's going to be right up there in the in the votes when it comes to league MVP. Regardless of, well, not regardless of, but if you do all those things, obviously the record's going to be reflective of, of the fact that, that he's played that well. So that doesn't really shock me. I think there are a lot of people right now just with the addition of C.D. Lamb, I think there are a lot of people out there right now that feel like the Cowboys' offense will be really, really good next year, and that's going to catapult them to more wins. And I also think there's a little bit of love for Mike McCarthy that wasn't necessarily there for Jason Garrett. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next one, uh, prove-it year. Who has a biggest prove-it year in 2020? Well, it, it will be Dak if he, if he has to play on, on the franchise tag. Um, which I don't believe would be a smart decision for him. Uh, that's why I think the Cowboys have a lot of leverage here, more leverage than he does, um, that he needs to go and, 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 you know, whatever the deal is, he needs to sign that because if he plays on a franchise tag this year and they don't make the playoffs, then I don't think that's going to help him. Obviously, it's not going to help him moving forward. So he's got a definite prove-it year. Um, if he if he's playing on on a franchise tag, it doesn't even if he does like Dave said, even if he has a, a, a new deal, he still you know he need need to prove it for you know his for a contract point, but he needs to kind of prove it for you know his you know any any of the the pundits out there that that are talking about him. So I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for. You're probably looking for some something else, but Dak would be right now is is the guy that would be on the prove it deal if he doesn't get a new deal. Dave. I don't completely agree. I mean, I, the, the answer is going to be Dak regardless just because of how much money is involved. But, I mean, Kirk Cousins proved that you can play on the tag and not make the playoffs and still make bank. So, and and I thought it was really interesting. But not here. Well, no, 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 not, maybe not with the Cowboys. But, you know, yeah. I doubt Kirk Cousins regrets the way that it went for him personally. Um, I thought it was interesting that he came out and said that he told Dak not to be afraid of the tag and, I mean, looking at the way things have gone for Cousins, I totally understand his line of thought. Um, anyway, I would say Connor Williams. Um, you know, it's year three. He was pick number 52. He's been he's not, not a bad pick at all, not a bad player, uh, but maybe hasn't lived up to the expectation of being drafted that highly. I mean, we're sitting here talking about, you know, will he win the left guard job? What do you do with him? And that's not ideal for a guy taken as high as he was. Uh, so... Yeah, I think this is a big year for him to come out and, and grab that job or, or you know, the Cowboys. And if he doesn't, obviously, then you're probably talking about a different starter. Amber? Um, obviously, for me, it would be Dak. But just to give you someone different, I would say Tristan Hill. He's a guy that, I mean, he's only had one year. But uh, at the same time, I was expecting a lot more from him and not – what we saw last year so I think he he needs to prove it he needs to prove why the Cowboys drafted him at the place that they drafted him he needs to prove uh, that he has talent to help the defensive line and yeah I would say him you know I'll throw out uh, the answer that Amber gave for the previous question which is the take a leap guy I actually think it's Cheeto I think uh, what the Cowboys have done in the draft and free agency um, sets up a scenario where they don't necessarily have to keep Cheeto around even this year if they don't want to. Right. Um, and so if you start talking about prove it, like he's in that situation right now, he could go from being a starter to being a guy that doesn't even make a team. 
Um, and so I think more than anybody else on this team, he definitely needs to prove it because this is this is kind of the moment when he either makes his career or he becomes that guy that kind of jumps around to the next team and just kind of flounders from there. So I think this is a huge year for Cheeto. Um, I, I actually like the fact that there have been sparks in his career where we saw things from him, traits from him that suggested he can play and he can play well. He just didn't have a good year last year. And so I, I want to see if he can actually prove it this year because it, it could be the difference between him getting a new deal with the Cowboys or what kind of new deal he gets with someone else if he can play well this year or not. Yeah, he, to me, the reason why I didn't mention him is because I think he has a prove-it training camp, and we'll see what kind of camp that's going to be. But Because um, you're right, he may not make the team um, if he doesn't, you know, if, if they don't feel like he's a guy that, that can, you know, kind of go forward. They have a lot of cornerbacks right now. And, and, and but maybe, I think that, that with the added competition and with Cheeto being such a competitive guy, um, I think it, it does push him to to do even better because you look at last year. I mean, what kind of competition did you really have at the cornerback position last year? I don't. Yeah, but he I, got benched. I mean, like he got benched in the middle of the year. So. Well, yeah, uh, that's my point. You're kind of you don't really have anyone behind you, kind of pressuring you. Like, oh, it sound it, it might sound dumb. It makes sense in my head. But I think that the addition of these other cornerbacks are going to put pressure on him to have him bring out more out of himself, you know? Maybe. And maybe, and, and you know, like you said, Derek, if he doesn't have a you know good year or he gets moves to another team or whatever, I mean, his career path is very similar to the guy they brought in, Daryl Worley. Uh, he was a you know, four-year guy, and, and he was, I think, a third or fourth round pick, and, you know, and, and play okay, and then and then move to another team, and so, and now he's going to be, like, kind of a journeyman, so, uh, you know, it, it, this is kind of a make-or-break year, make-or-break training camp for a defining point of, you know, he's kind of in a fork in the road, which way is he is he going to go, so, yeah, this is definitely a big offseason and, and year for Cheeto. I mean, think about how teams are willing to pay cornerbacks and and so if he can do something really special this year then whether the Cowboys sign him or not kind of becomes irrelevant it creates an opportunity for him as far as his money making potential in his career so this is a huge year for him this is really a proven year for him across the league not necessarily just with the Cowboys all right, uh, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we got one more question we're going to get to, uh, one more category we'll do, and then hopefully we'll get to some questions before the show ends. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, Download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. 
I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. Back to the break. Here at the Cowboys, we can't wait to get back on the field. And we know you can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to cheer us on. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your concert our tickets, Cowboy tickets, plus tickets to hundreds of games with rodeos and other live events we'll be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek, let's go. Welcome back. Final segment of the break. We are live from the home edition of the SWBC Mortgage Studios. And uh, we've been going through a few categories, talking about some different players on the team. we got one more category we want to hit. Uh, this category is player the Cowboys can least afford to lose. Let's start with you, Dave. Least afford to lose. Uh, I mean... No, no, it's not. It's not Dak anymore because they got the red rifle. <laughs> Yeah, Dalton changed. Um, and, and go ahead. I, no, I was just gonna say I'll throw this in too. Like last year, you would have probably thrown Amari in that mix. Now you got another guy you feel like can maybe be a lead type receiver. I think it changed a little bit with regards to who we can throw in this category. But go ahead, Dave. Who's your answer? Um. Uh, I mean, it would be easy to say Zeke. Demarcus Lawrence comes to mind. I'll. I, I mean, I'll say Tyron Smith still. Um, I mean, I'm talking like for a long stretch of time. I know, you know, he usually misses two or three games a year, but I'm talking if they didn't have him at all, uh, that's kind of scary, especially, you know, they've let go of Cam Fleming. I don't think you want Cameron Irving stepping into the starting lineup for a prolonged period of time. So uh, that would be a quick way to have the season go south as if Tyron had to sit for a prolonged stretch. All right, Amber. Um, I would say Demarcus Lawrence, just because he he's the most proven guy on the defensive end spot right now. We still don't know what's going to happen with Alden Smith. We don't know what's going to happen with Randy Gregory. So as far as talent and experience, I think that you losing Demarcus Lawrence for whatever reason uh, would would be a tough loss. Nick. Uh, Zeke, I mean, uh, that's easy for me, but, I mean, it's still Zeke. I mean, uh, we, we had him as the best player yeah, on Tony. the team. No, nah, nah, Tony Pollard is, is Tony, is, to me, <laughs> is a backup running back. That's why he was drafted when he was drafted. I don't believe he would be an every down back. Uh, he can't come in against the Dolphins and rush for 100 yards in the fourth quarter, and everyone says, uh, look at him. I No, I, I don't think he would be your lead back. And if he was, then who's behind him giving him a rest? So, 
Zeke is the guy. He he's the guy you can least afford to lose, in my opinion. Yeah, for me, this question is all about the delta, like the delta between the guy you lose and the next guy. And I hear what you're saying, Nick. Obviously, Zeke is on a whole different plane. But I do think Tony Pollard, for a stretch of games, could be a guy that's a suitable replacement uh, for Zeke. I agree with Amber. I think Demarcus Lawrence is the one where you look at the largest. Like There is a significant difference between Demarcus Lawrence and the next guy, not even considering the next guy that could actually start, jump in and, and play for him, right? And so for me, if you lose Demarcus Lawrence, you, that's where you're going to see the biggest uh, difference in players. Tyron Smith probably is another one that, that kind of fits in that same mold. But I think right now on this defense, he is the best player on your defense. The, the difference between him and the next closest guy at defensive end is, is really, really large. Losing him would mean a substantial loss for the defense. And I don't know if the defense could sustain that. All right. So we appreciate you guys uh, playing along. Yeah, that was a fun game to play. Uh, Amber, we're going to have you uh, give us some questions from some fans uh, here in the final segment. What you got? Well, this one's going to be kind of hard to answer because we don't really know what's going to happen. But in, in your opinion, what do you guys think would be the contingency plan if a player gets COVID during the season? I mean, should, should teams have a better flexibility to add more players or postpone a game? Or does in a crazy scenario, do you end up quarantining the whole team? Like, what do you think would would happen as the plan to kind of what would be the procedure to go you along know, with that if a know, player does happen to get I'll it. speak I'll, I'll speak for Dave on this when I say um, Derek <laughs> no you know I, and I, I was gonna say I will take this question because I, I've I've had some conversations with different people and I'll tell you this like I don't know that there's necessarily uh, a plan in place for all those different scenarios what I do know is the NFL is very very um, bullish on the idea that they're going to play and they want to play the 20 games, but they're also bullish on the idea that they're going to listen to advice that they get from the CDC, advice they get from local authorities in the cities uh, where their teams play, um, and they're going to make whatever decisions they have to make. And so I think they're going to have to be flexible. And by the way, that's probably the whole country right now. Like every business owner out there is doing the exact same thing. They're making decisions, but they're also making decisions knowing they have to be flexible that just because you make a decision today, tomorrow something can happen that makes you have to change course and do something different. You hear about the NBA, the MLB, everybody's doing the same thing on trying to figure this out. So um, so I don't know that there's a plan in place. What I do know is they're going to be flexible. I do know that they're going to listen to the experts that they have both on their staff and outside of their staff. And I think they'll make whatever decisions they have to make as the season goes on. You know, let me add this to what I said earlier about the schedule, how it looked like a normal schedule, that it wasn't anything kind of weird, that contingency plans. But there is a one aspect that I thought was interesting, how everybody's week to opponent is the same, has the same bye week. Uh, have y'all seen that? And, and, and no, I didn't you, know that. Yeah, every, every week to opponent, Cowboys and Falcons have the same bye week, which means, from what I think it means is, if they were to move the season back, your week one game could go to the end of the year. Your week two game could go to your bye week. So mm. that there's a reason why everybody's week two schedule really is is yeah. by. Um, and and you know you saw where Tampa, who's hosting the Super Bowl, has said, you know we can we can push things back a month or two months. So you know if, if that were to happen. So yeah, there are some built-in contingencies, but nothing glaring or anything like that. And somebody on Twitter said to me. Hey, what if they miss the first four games of the season? They'll start with week five, which is against 
The Giants. New York Giants. <laughs> <laughs> that is not by coincidence. <laughs> yeah, I hope it is. I hope it is a coincidence. <laughs> All right. Um, so over the last few years, the Cowboys have showed that they like incorporating the fake jet sweep, or at least the threat of it, on offense with Tavon Austin and Lucky Whitehead while they were here. Now that they're off the roster, who do you expect to take over that role? Jordan Lewis? No. Can you see, um, can you see the very unamused look on my face right now? Because they didn't do it. They didn't do it at all last year. They had Tavon, they had Tony Pollard. They hated doing it. I don't understand why. It's a gigantic that, pet peeve. Is that the same look you had when Witten scored that touchdown right in front of us and you had that really no, unamused? I was making it was more like that. I was just stressed out. <laughs> I'm not stressed out by the thought of who's going to run the jet sweep. I just hope somebody tells them they should do it. Uh, Tony Pollard can do it. C.D. Lamb can do it. Mm-hmm. Um Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper can do it for that matter. That's the thing that I'll, it it drove me absolutely nuts when they were like, "Oh no, Tavon's hurt, so we gotta get the we gotta get Jordan Lewis on offense to do this, and we'll just telegraph it every single time." Like, you have to be fast to play wide receiver in the NFL. Anybody can do it. <laughs> uh, so hopefully, yeah, they're a lot less annoying about it this year. That would be great. Yeah, well said. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> All right. So uh, we talked about Dak earlier. Is it possible that the Cowboys just end up giving up at the deadline and say, F it, here's the deal, sign it? <laughs> exactly uh, like that. <laughs> I don't, I, again, I, I think that the Cowboys can have, I think they've got more leverage here because I think that I mean I, I think if 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 Dak doesn't play at at the highest of levels I think that they'll they'll have a position where they can you know pay him what they want to pay him I think I think the, the Dak has more to lose in this than than the Cowboys that's why that's and I don't know if you guys agree with that but so I, I think the Cowboys can can stand firm on this I actually agree with that I I mentioned it last week when we were talking about Dalton I think as as though you know i know some people don't believe it has anything to do with dak and, and quite frankly it may not have anything to do with dak what i do believe is it does give them some assurances that they have another capable quarterback on the roster and if for whatever reason dak does not play well this season which by the way right now maybe the cowboys look at this and say this gives us reason to hold firm because we really would like to see another year out of him before we commit to even more money if we're going to go and meet his demands right and so if you're going to do that, I think this gives them some assurances that let's assume they go that route and let's assume he plays on the tag and let's assume he doesn't play as well as they expect him to play in this year, uh, in this fifth year of his of his NFL career. Then they have, number one, they have another quarterback on the roster that maybe they decide can be a better option if they decide to move on from Dak or if they decide to hold firm on their offer and maybe tag him a second time. Who knows? But I just think this gives him a ton of different options. And, and I don't think it really gave Dak more options. I think he still has the options he has, which are very few, at the, in my opinion, right now. I don't disagree, but I, I don't think the Cowboys have that much leverage. I mean, they, they don't have to pay him if they don't want to, but I, I think Dak can just chill. Uh, and, and at this point, you know, I, I thought something might happen around the draft, and now that it hasn't, 
if the Cowboys aren't up in their offer, and, and, you know, we don't know all the mechanics of it, but if Dak's not happy with the offer on the table, he can just sit back and wait for something to happen. And by that I mean, you know, if Deshaun Watson signs an extension that blows what he was asking out of the water, then the ball game changes once again, just like it did last summer when Winston Goff signed. Um and that's, but only, but only if he plays really well this year, right? Well, but and that's what I was going to say is, and I don't know anything. I don't have any inside information, but I'm starting to feel like Dak might play on the tag uh, because he okay. doesn't. He does not lack for confidence. I said he's a gamer. He's always like he loves being doubted. I think it fuels his competitive fire. I think he thinks that it gives him an edge. So. If the Cowboys don't say screw it and just meet what he's asking for, I could see him playing on the tag and being like, all right, fine, I'll go out there and show you all that I'm worth $38 million. I believe in myself. So, um, so what if he goes out and goes gets they go 9-7 and seven and miss the playoffs again? I mean, how did and, he, and he played on the tag. He, went, he, he played enough to get him out of the playoffs, just like he did last year. I mean, he... I mean, did he play well last year? I mean, his yeah. passing for all those yards will get you as the backup quarterback in New Orleans. That's what Jameis Winston did. So all these yards doesn't matter. He almost broke Romo's record in 2012, which was also an 8-8 eight and eight season. So I don't think he played that well. He Right now he's had four years in his career, two in the playoffs, two out of the playoffs. If he doesn't play well and doesn't get him to the playoffs, I mean, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm thinking – Maybe I'll give him another year on the tag, but I mean, I'm not. I mean, maybe at that point, after five years, maybe it would be time to move on. If he's if he's got you the playoffs two out of five years. Every metric that you can look at, whether it's something as simple as passing yards or like expected points over average or air yards, yards per air attempt and completion, all that, all of them point to him being one of the best ten quarterbacks in the NFL. And everybody loves to say that wins are, are a team stat, not a quarterback stat, even though quarterbacks get credit for and blame for all of them. Uh, do I think he – I mean, he certainly wasn't amazing last year. They were an 8-8 eight and eight team. I do think he played like one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL, and that comes with a certain price tag. That, if, he, if he plays That's similar, the problem. The, what's – what? I'm sorry, Dave, but, but you keep saying top 10. The Cowboys would love to pay him in the top 10. That's, I think, the, the problem here is that he – he has got top ten stats, and he's wanting top one or two money. That's I mean, where I think the, the you know the fork in the road is here. The 49ers put Garoppolo at the top of the pay chart after eight games. Like this isn't new. I mean, we just Kirk Cousins signed an eighty-four million dollar deal, which gave him the highest average per year in the NFL at the time it was signed, and that was after two years where he played on the tag and couldn't get Washington to the playoffs. That's I'm sorry. That's just the way it works. It's capitalism. If you don't like it, but, I don't know what to but you let yeah, but. Well, you can just say, I mean, you don't have to do it just because the Cowboys are, just because other teams are doing it. I mean, the you, Cowboys don't have to do that. Absolutely, don't have to do it. But I, it, I mean, it takes a lot of balls to walk away from a competent, good, above-average starting caliber NFL quarterback. It's it, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of those cojones to walk away from a hundred and ten million dollars, which he's just left on the table as well. So, I mean, it's just a game of it's just it's a game of chicken right now. I mean, who's gonna Who's gonna, you know, uh, blink first? Really, and I mean, we'll, I, we'll see. But I, I think, I think Dak would be very foolish to go into this season on the franchise tag. He's got that money sitting on the table. You know, I don't think anyone should feel sorry for him that oh, he paid for two million dollars. He didn't have to play for two million last year. 
He had an offer on the table. He didn't want it. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not – I'm not trying to I, – hey, I, I love Dak. I love what he brings to the team. But I'm saying it, right now it's right on the board, four years. If he gets to a fifth year and doesn't lead him to the playoffs, then I think we're going to be looking at him in a different light. So, See, I actually think both of these things can be true. I think right now both the Cowboys probably look at themselves and say, hey, we are what we are. And if he wants to play on the, on the franchise tag as opposed to taking what we take, what we, what we offer, then we're okay with that. And I also agree with Dave that on the other side, Dak's probably looking at it and saying, I have enough confidence in myself that I think I'll play well. And if for whatever reason, Cowboys don't want to give me a better offer, at some point they're either going to give me a better offer or somebody else will is probably how he looks at it. And so I think both can be true right now. And and again, I don't and that's the reason why to go back to Amber's original point, I don't think necessarily I'm I'm not very optimistic that a deal gets done before franchise tag is up. It doesn't seem like either side is willing to necessarily move beyond where they are. And I don't know if there's going to be something that happens between now and July 15th that's going to make them say, oh, I'm sorry, June 15th, that makes them say, no, yeah, I, we'll move now. We'll do something different now. July 15th, I'm sorry. Um, it, I, don't, I don't know that there's anything that's going to happen. In that meantime, it's going to make them move. And so I think both are settled. I think that at right now, just my personal opinion, I think he'll play this year on the franchise tag. And then we'll see how this all plays out. And we'll be right back here next offseason having this conversation all over again. Which Can I... Oh, Make no, another no. point real quick. I yeah. I know that we're running out of time and all that, but another question that I had to kind of play along those same lines is, you know, we, we know that the economy is taking a hit with this whole COVID-19. So looking at the future, you know, next year, if for some reason the fact that attendance, game attendance takes a hit, and then now you start seeing a drop as far as income around the league. Does that change up these kinds of contracts? You know, what you do in the future. You know, if he was to play under the franchise tag and then looking for another, uh, a bigger contract next year, how does that play a role into that whole thing? That is an awesome point. And I don't, it's a very good point. I don't think we have a great answer to it because I've said that all along, talking about Garoppolo and Cousins. Sign the deal, the cap will jump, you'll look smart in 18 months. But with all this stuff with COVID, I don't think you can guarantee that anymore. I mean, I, I don't think it's you can realistically guess at what the cap will be in a year or two years based on how this might change things. So I will give the Cowboys credit for that is this might not be the time to say, ah, screw it, sign the check and we'll have more money later. That might not be the case. I mean, I wish we had more information but it's, it's definitely something you yeah. got to keep in the back of your mind. Yeah, and just so people know, the salary cap is based upon revenues. It's a percentage that the players get out of revenues uh, from the club. So it, it definitely could have an impact one way or the other. Who knows? And we, again, we are in such an unprecedented time. I don't think anybody knows exactly uh, what the outcome is going to be. Um, and so, yeah, I think that should factor in. If I'm Dak, I'm at least having some conversations with my representatives about that and how I think that's going to play out relative to this offer and what future offers might be. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. It was a great show. We had a good time. We'll be back next week for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia. I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?